Hey, what's up, fam? It's Coach Josh, and welcome to the live Q&A. Hope you guys are doing exceptional. I know it's been a while. I'm excited uh, to be back with you all. But for those who joining me for the very first time, my name is Josh Wazzy, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been rocking with me, whether you've been a subscriber for 14 years or listening to my podcast for 12 years, I want to say thank you all so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me and i pray it continues to be treasure but as everyone is coming in live let me give you guys a good word man i'm gonna start doing like some thoughts of the days some quote of the day kind of vibes until everyone gets on the inside with their questions it takes a while for people to do that but i want to talk about today four steps to having more four steps to having more in order for us to have more we have to do more in order for us to do more we have to become more in order for us to become more, we have to believe more. And in order for us to believe more, we have to be around God more. The more we spend time with God, the more we begin to believe in him, the more we begin to believe in ourselves, and the more we can be inspirational with our belief. And when our belief is high, then we can actually become more. Are you the person that you need to be to have what you have? The issue is the reason why we don't have more, because we're half of what we want to have. You cannot expect to have something that you have of. You have to be whole. In order for you to hold properly, you have to be a whole individual. So my thing is, what is it that you want to have today? In order for you to have that way of life, in order for you to live a life of, of success and, and, and really just uh, have a blessed life, a life um, that's generationally impactful, you have to do more. In order to do more, you actually got to become more. In order to become more, you have to believe more and believe more. You have to be around God more. How much time have you forfeited that could have been fruitful by spending time with God? God wants to spend time with you. God has creative ideas inside of you that he wants to utilize for his glory. What is that you want to have today? In order to have, you got to go through these four steps. So let's get right into some questions. Y'all go ahead and post your questions right now. We got Christopher in the building. He says, Coach, what's up, family? I uh, miss you too, fam. I'm back with the live Q&As. Life is getting settled. I'm going to start doing these around 3, 3.30 or so uh, to serve you all. Jazz says, yo, my guy, what's going on, family? Purpose says, hey, Coach. Purpose says, I know some people who are attractive. They have a strong faith life over 40 and wish to be married, but are still single. How can this be possible? See, my friend, you can only observe the surface, but only God knows what's what's inside a person's heart. Uh, we can assume that people have a strong faith. We can assume that that, that person is externally attractive because we can look at them and see that they're attractive. But are they attractive on the inside? Do they have subtractive techniques? Do they have subtractive tendencies that's really causing a dimness over their attractiveness, right? And a lot of people say they're over 40. There's a real reason. It could be that they're attractive and have a strong faith in the wrong place. You can have, you can be attractive and you can have strong faith, but be in the wrong place. All those things are externally observable things, right? They're single for a reason. It could be that there's still stuff they got to work on. It could be the will of God for them to still be single at that age. There's a lot of variables that play a part to why a person is not a, a part of someone else's life in the form of marriage. And so we can only look at the surface, but we only God can see what's underneath. And God knows the real reason why somebody is single. If you were a fly on the wall of most people's lives, you will see why they're alone in their life, right? A lot of people are beautiful, they're pretty, they're gorgeous, they're handsome, but inside they're not, right? And they may have strong faith that because you see them pray, you see them serving the church, but we don't really know what measure of faith they have, right? And some people, they are where they are because they know why they're there. And, and, and some people are out of obedience. Some people are in the 
uh, middle of obedience, but it's just not God's timing for them. Um, how can this be possible? It's possible because uh, all things are possible to God. Uh, and and but the, the issue is some things that we don't make, we don't conjunct, con connect ourselves to the possibility that God wants to make possible lives because we're not willing um, to be the person we need to be. So if a person wants to have a relationship and they're single over 40, they got to look in the mirror. They got to say, I got to look in the mirror, two mirrors. They got to look in the mirror in a bathroom and they got to look in the mirror as the Bible and really begin to assess, am I really endeavoring to become my best? What am I doing with my time um, to, to if, in the meantime until God's timing manifests itself? Hope that helps, family. Jody Real says, is it wrong to turn down a good Christian woman who wears revealing clothes? People tell me I should accept the way uh, women dress in today's world because that's just the way it is. Uh, 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 let's see if you got another question. That's it. Uh, yeah, uh, Minister, it's, everything's based upon what you desire in a woman. It's nothing. My thing is, is she could be a good Christian woman, but if she's God Christian woman for you, like like and that's OK. Now you have to examine your heart. Now, I don't know what you're observing in women. I don't know the level of modesty that you're that you're looking for. I don't know what type of woman that you're observing and what what type of clothes she wear, et cetera, et cetera. But if, if you a man, a man has the right to care about how his woman dress because a woman's modesty reflects the man. Right. Because it, why are you immodest? It, why are you immodest? Like, what is that? I think that's the other word. Why are you not modest? You know, because if you're going to leave the house wearing uh, spandex and wearing tights and wearing leggings and wearing short shorts and short skirts, then you must not be securing yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like a man wants a securely dressed woman, a woman. Now, if she got hips the size of Texas, you know, ain't too much clothes that can cover that. But if she's modest with it, if she's doing the best what she can, it is what it is. But if she's revealing herself, that means that she hasn't been healed in of herself. Right. Because the more revealing a woman is, the more insecure she is. Right. And so is it wrong to turn down a good Christian woman who wears revealing clothes? Hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with that. If that's if, Listen, it's your prerogative. You, you have all the right as a single man to like what you like. You just got to make sure um, that you're not uh, uh, um uh, super, uh, 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 whatever, whatever it is with it. Like you're not trying to control her in such a way where you like what she in the gym and, or, or you just got to ask yourself is my, uh, uh, perspective of, re of the revealingness of a woman accurate or so. Right. But, it, but it's your prerogative family. She's revealing, like revealing clothes. And I'm just guessing what, what you're trying to say. She's showing, uh, um, hidden meat. <laughs> she showed it. She's showing stuff that should be only revealed to you. Then fam. Yeah. Turn it down. Because sometimes people are, are so immersed in culture that culture has culturized their clothing. And all of a sudden now they think what's OK because they see other Christian women wearing those things. But it's really not OK. And it offends men, especially a man that wants a woman who's modest. Jojo Davis says, what's up, Coach Josh? Is Jojo out of Fort Worth? How do I develop strength for change when God is bringing changes and responsibility in my life? Um, how do I develop strength for change? Amen. First, you got to be inspired by the change or what change will produce. Now, you got to be inspired by it. You got you to be excited about it. You got to say, oh, man, I get the opportunity to grow. Change is uncomfortable because we become so familiar with the familiar. And, and But actually, a lot of places that God takes us is the uncomfortable are going to be uncomfortable because they're unfamiliar. Just by default, unfamiliar places are going to be uncomfortable because we have been settled in a particular place in life. Now, how to develop strength? Um, the Bible said the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible also talks about what joy counted all joy and go through various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So we understand that formula where you'll be able to be complete, whole and lacking in nothing because your faith has been tested and patience has had its perfect work and you're able to do spiritual.
spiritual mathematics, you will begin to see how God will give you the strength in transition, that God will give you the strength in change, right? Because in order for you to really have more, like we talked about before, in order for you to have more, you have to do more. In order to do more, you have to become more. And to become more, you have to believe more. And believe more, you have to be with God more. And the more you spend time with God, his joy will strengthen you. And then you actually believe. And belief is the, is the, is the prerequisite to actually being, becoming more. And when you become more, you begin to say, hey, I am able to do this. I'm able to handle this responsibilities, right? I'm able to respond. I have the ability to respond and change with the change, right? And then when you have that as a mentality, you'll begin to find yourself strengthened because you are excited and inspired by the person you will become and the things you will have because of that change. Great question, y'all. Purpose says, I want to move to a different city, but sometimes I'm lazy and unmotivated and undisciplined. I want to change that. What should I do? You got to look at the, uh, you got to just be honest with yourself and say, what is the root reason why I'm lazy? Why am I lazy? Like, like you got to you got to have some type of motivation, some type of inspiration or something that inspires you to become more like purpose is important in order for you to tap into your God given purpose and to live it in a high level of fulfillment. You got to do some work and you got to find motivation. Motivation comes by moving with God and moving through the pages of God's word and, and, and spending time with yourself and begin to be moved by your passions and, and your creative expression and, and how you want to impact and change the world. That that stuff, man, you got to you gotta look outside of your box and see the world and begin to see, hey, man, what must I do? Who must I become to have what could possibly be in the city as far as opportunity? But discipline comes by uh, eating an elephant one bite at a time. You got to practice discipline. You got to say, okay, this week I'm going to remove this out of my diet. This week I'm not going to do this. And then begin to track um, the growth and the rewards from it, the fruit from it. And the more you begin to taste the fruit of discipline, you'll forget the fruits of undisciplined. Right. But you got to start with baby steps. <clears throat> First, you got to be motivated by the person that you desire to be. Secondly, you got to forgive everyone or anything that may have contributed to you to being unmotivated. Disappointments. You got to change your worldview about failure. You got to change your worldview and your perspectives about what is required for success. Right. And so if you begin to audit the requirements of success, you actually become your best for the success. Right. And so all those things mixed in that gumbo pot should be a good stew for you um, to do what you have to do to be more motivated and disciplined and not be lazy, fam. But what I would do is I would go to Google right now and type on type scriptures on laziness, scriptures on a lack of discipline. And I want you to meditate on that right now. I told my students this morning the importance of being marinated. Marinated is another uh, uh uh, thing as far as be as far as meditating, you got to sit in that word. You got to let that word read you. You got to let that word cut you. You got to let that word shape you. You got to let that word offend you, uh, offend that that dark side of you, that lazy side of you, and then allow the Holy Spirit in partnership with you to say, "Hey, man, I got to do something different. You can't be like those four lepers. <clears throat> you got to be like those four lepers. Say, shall I sit here till I die?" Should I sit here until I die? Hey, is I rather go after it and then die than to die not going after it? Go after it. And you'll be surprised the person you become. You'll be, be surprised what you end up having by going forward. Hope to help. Jazz says, yo, coach, would uh would 
what hit leads you to someone, what God leads you to someone who you aren't attracted to. A female has been showing interest in me, but I am not interested at all. I don't want to turn down what God has for you. God is creative. The number one thing God revealed to us about himself is the Bible says in the beginning, God created. God is a creative. God is a God of beauty and beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And if, the, if when you behold her and she is not beautiful to you, that's no knock to her. That's just your prerogative. That's just your perspective because you like what you like. Right. Just because someone is not beautiful to you doesn't mean they're not beautiful to someone else. So to answer your question, God will never lead you to someone that you're not attracted to because he understands the ramification, especially for a man or a woman when they're with a person that attracted. Now, don't get me wrong. Attraction must be holistic. Because the outside do fade. The physical attraction is what catches your eye first. But what keeps your eye in the direction of the person that you want to be with is the full package of character that's, that's mixed with their charisma, that's mixed with how cute they are or, or how handsome they are. Right? But God will never lead you because he knows your eyes will not latch on or try to catch something that you're not physically attracted to. But you have to make sure that you're not limiting when it comes to the woman you are attracted to. There's going to be some women that you are going to be attracted to, but may not have the character that may not have the Christian uh, 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 evidence of Christian uh, uh, of the Christ in her through the Holy Spirit. So you got to make sure that you when you do find yourself with an attractive woman, that you take the time to audit every aspect of her to not only just be delusional and caught off guard by her external beauty. But you're willing to be poised in, in the process of reviewing her resume to see if she if y'all two should resume in that way in regards to marriage. Right. And so would God lead you to someone you're not attracted? No, he won't. I'm sorry. He won't do it. But that doesn't mean that every there's not a such thing as an ugly person. Because someone is beautiful to someone. You said a female has been showing interest in me, but I'm not interested. I would not waste her time. I would, I, I, I would just simply just say I'm not interested and just keep it moving. And you're not, you, listen, trust me, it's impossible to turn down what God has for you. It's impossible. It's so beautiful. It's so attractive. It's it's full. It's all encompassing. It's, 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 it exceeds your expectation. Um, the Bible talks about... Uh, um, that the things of God, uh, 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 I forgot the scripture, but it talks about uh, um, no eye have seen, no ear have heard. The things that God has to those that love him, like like you, you can't even fully comprehend beauty, right? And so it's impossible to turn down what God has for you. So trust me, God would never lead you to something that you would turn down. I'm talking about now you may turn down the will of God in other areas, but I'm telling you, when, it, when you are in a position of, of trust and, and commitment to God, you ain't going to be able to turn down uh, anything that God has for you. Great question, Ophan. Andrew says, is it uh, is it a command from God that we have to give 10% of our income to the church? I find it strange that the church says if you're if you are in ministry, you have to give 10% of your income. Do we have to? Great question. You don't have to, but you get to. Have to sounds like a commandment. Get to sounds like an honor. Like, for instance, if, if the Old Testament says 10 percent, there should be such a level of generosity where where you uh, you want to give more. Right now, people who are not able to give 10 or not able to be generous with their money, that I believe that there should be a grace period for that person to grow into a place to be generous. Because I just think um, 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 giving is beneficial. But to say have to 
it kind of goes to the Corinthians verse that talks about giving into compulsion. I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't agree necessarily with the pressure churches put on people in order to give. But when it comes to giving, I think, I think that should be a, a way of life for a believer. I think a, a believer should endeavor to give twelve percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent. I just think that the 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 the, the giving, uh, 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 you give a little, you get a little. You give a lot, you get a lot. I just think when the more the more you are a giving person, the more God can give through you and give to you because you have a generous heart and you're not uh, selfish or conceited, right? So have to, no. Get to, yes. And the way you look at it is based upon that. Because uh, when people say you have to, but never teach people the principles of it, don't teach people how to have the heart of giving, not teach people, um, because you can be, you can give 10% every paycheck and not, and it won't be beneficial because you gave with the wrong heart. So I think church need to do a better job on teaching the heart of giving and you will see an increase in giving. Great questions. Let's see what we got here. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Ross Scout says, hey, coach, what should you do when someone who used to be close assumes uh, or, or uh, close assumes or lies about you and doesn't want to talk to you anymore? I know I should let them be, but I wish I can explain things. Listen, man, if they don't want to be in your proximity for your for your explanation, then it's time to move on in a different direction. Like, like you, you'll be surprised. The Bible talks about many people will start off with this, but as time goes on, time will prove they were never with this. There's going to be a lot of people who are close to you in this juncture that won't be close in the next juncture. There's a lot of people that were meant to be characters in your current chapter, but will not be characters in your next chapter. There's going to be people that's going to be, uh, uh, um, uh, they're going to assume different things. They're going to be envious of certain things. People change as you change. These, if you stay the same, people will uh, uh, um, uh, interact with you the same. But when you begin to change, you'll begin to see who will change up on you, right? Because sometimes your change uh, makes them nervous. Your change offends them. Your change makes them uncomfortable. Your new life of living upsets their demons. And some people, they don't want no explanation because your explanation may be convincing, to make them want to be your friend because they just don't simply want to. What should you do when someone who used to be close assumes you lied about, uh, assumes or lies about you and doesn't want to talk to you anymore? Hey, man, if you don't want to talk with me, then there's no need for me to make you try to walk with me. It is what it is. I know I should let them be, but I wish I can explain things. What I would do is let them heal because we don't know what happened. Let them do what they got to do. Because I'm going to tell you something about lies. Lies don't linger long when truth is present. When you continue to be consistent in the truth that God wants you to live in and you know good and well you didn't do what they're accusing you of, then time will prove to those who adhere, who listen to your to the lies about you or believe the lies about you. They will have to watch and see that that person was lying about you. And it is what it is. So don't waste your time with energy or emotions waiting for explanation because you don't you don't want to. You got too much to do right now. You got too much to focus on. You have no time to focus on someone that's not trying to make time to hear your explanation. How can you impact the nations waiting for someone for you to give them their, your explanation? It ain't, it ain't, it's a waste of time. Uh, begin the process of moving on and begin to say, okay, now I'm going to spend this extra time befriending God more and befriending myself. Great questions, y'all. Christopher says, I've been anticipating to ask you questions for a while. We back, bro. We here. But now that I'm here, I can't think. Okay. <laughs> I can't think of one. I guess it's best just to turn to God. Yeah, God's the best, man. God's the best. Go to God. And, and if I pop up again tomorrow, possibly, man, then I'm here for you. All I can ask is for your prayers for a job and results. Let's pray for our brother Christopher. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Christopher and the will that you have for his life. I thank you, Father God, that the steps of a good man are ordered by you. I thank you, Father God, your word says that you will make our crooked path straight. So right now we believe by faith and I pray that he is tapping into my faith for him, for his faith to be stirred, for him to understand that you have heard his cry, you have heard his prayers and the delivery package is on his way. But Father God, there's anything in him that he needs to change and put uh, uh, in place or take out of place in his life. Uh, Father, I thank you, Lord, for that revelation that will help him be uh, at peace. But Lord, we thank you for the scripture that says that you would give him a peace that's a past all this time, that you are his provider, that you are his source, and that you will begin to open doors for him as he opens his heart towards obedience to you. We thank you for that, Father. And just name we do pray. Amen. <clears throat> Jordy Real says, my friend tells me that I need to put myself out there to find a wife. I'm scared to date. Does God need me to step out and mingle for him to bring someone in my life? You don't have to mingle while you're single. And what I mean by that is because you got to check your motive for the mingle. A lot of people got bad motives for the mingle. They just want to mingle because they want to help God. God don't need our help. All The only thing that you can really offer God to help the situation is to make sure that you are a helpful person, to make sure that you are a whole person, to make sure that you are, are, are maximizing this time of singleness. When you put yourself out there, you, you put yourself in a position to be tempted to promote yourself. The Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west. It comes from the Lord. I tell you, the best opportunity for you to find your spouse, number one, get your house in order, and number two, uh, uh, put yourself in your purpose. I'm telling you, purpose will put you in position to find your person. I'm telling you, because if you don't know your purpose, you won't know your person. If you don't fulfill the assignment, you won't know your assistant. What's the first thing that Adam had to do before he found his assistant? God gave him an assignment. He, if, Once he finished the assignment of his singleness, he, God saw that it was no longer good for Adam to be alone anymore. What that text means, it wasn't like God said, oops, I forgot about Adam. It was God saying, it, after, since Adam has finished this assignment, it is no longer good for him to be alone anymore. And so what happens is when you are in, a, in an assignment, you will begin to be able to name your assistant. What did Adam do? The, the Bible says he brought animals to Adam to see where he would name them. Adam began to say elephant or giraffe, whatever in Hebrew, whatever the native tongue was for Eden. But then what did happen when he saw his wife? He said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he named her. If you can't name the names of the things in your season now, you won't be able to name who your wife is. You won't be able to point out who your wife is. I'm, I'm not saying my life is all size fits all, but I know for a fact that there are certain principles, certain patterns that I believe God holds true to. And when I was in my purpose, my wife literally, when I met her for the first time, walked in the midst of my purpose. Purpose people find purpose people. When you know your purpose, you will, be, you will set yourself up with a higher probability to meet your person because there's something about your purpose that turns you into the person that matches the person you want to be. That person will be in purpose. You will be in purpose. And when those purpose collides, you guys will begin to see the leaping as, as John the Baptist's mom and Mary come together. There'll be something that leaps in your womb. That's like, yo, this is my woman. This is my man. So listen, you got to ask yourself, who are these people giving you advice? Never don't listen to single people about marital, marital advice and don't listen to divorced people about marital advice. You got to say, hey, God will put me where I need to be, because when you are a person of purpose, you will always be where you need to be to attract what God has for you. So don't be scared to date because we don't want when you do meet the person or or the reason why the person is not near is because you in fear, because it could be if you are if you are afraid, they may not come your way. 
right? So what you got to do is you got to get rid of that fear and say, God, I have faith in you that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory, that that that, that you will that you will exceed my expectation. That Father, you do have someone out there. You have to believe. In order to have a wife, you got to do what a husband does. In order to do what a husband does, you got to be a husband. In order to be a husband, you have to believe that God can make you a husband. In order for you to believe that you can be a husband, to be a husband and do what a husband does to eventually find your wife, you have to scale all the way back to being around God more so God will show you how to be a husband so you actually believe that you can be a husband despite whether you saw a husband or not that you will actually become a husband because you have to be a husband before you are a husband I do is not a miraculous phrase that turns you from this phase to the next phase in one moment and now you are a husband because you said I do before you say I do you have to say I did I did should be the thing that we should be saying at the altar now. We, I do, I do want to marry you, but I want to tell you, I want to tell you that I have a prerequisite, prerequisite proof that I did. I've done what I had to do. I've did what I had to do to be the husband I need to be. Does God need me to step out and mingle for him to? No, God don't need our help with anything. All we got to do is continue to be who we need to be, continue to name our animals, continue to fulfill our assignment, and God will take care of the rest. Because when you think about promotion, you will forget about preparation. You have to prepare before you promote it. What, let God focus on the promotion while you focus on the preparation. If you want to have her, you got to do what you got to do. You got to be who you need to be. You got to believe at a high level and you actually got to be around God so much that you're so lost in him that you're not even looking for them. You're not looking for anyone because you're so involved in purpose that you trust God for your person. Hope they help. I got time for maybe two or three more questions. I got to go. Great questions, y'all. A linguist addict says, how do you know that the person you're dating is the one? It's going to be hard for you to know who the one is if you don't know who God is, because God will make things clear. God does, is not a God of mystery. God is not a, 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 a mysterious a mystery individual. He's not someone that's trying to have you confused. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of clarity. God wants his people clear. Confusion wastes time. Confusion wastes emotions. Confuses where is on the mind. So right now, if you're dating someone right now, what I would do right now is ask myself, how did I get in this relationship? Am I even prepared for the next level of this relationship? Because if you are unclear on how you got here, if you're if you, if your emotions got you here, if if lust got you there, God will never use a sin to get you in. God will never use a sin to get you in. So if you know that you're in a sinful lifestyle, if you know that you haven't talked to God in a while, and now you want to see if he's the one, chances are that person not the one, because God will not send someone if you're in that type of condition. If you're in that state of life, he will not send anyone into your life. And also, if you if you know for a fact that you still got daddy issues, mama issues, you still got problems with your ex, you 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 don't know how to cook, you don't know how to clean. And hear me, this for men and women, you don't know how to keep up your own self. If you can't keep yourself, you can't help keep with someone else. And so, if you know that you're a slob, you're lazy, you have nothing going for yourself, you're uneducated, you're and what I mean, I ain't talking about no degrees. I'm talking about you just not you just not educated or expert at anything you have nothing to offer and you with someone chances are god would not have brought you that someone <clears throat> so that's a clear sign if that's the wrong one when you know i'm in a mess and, and and i'm stuck in a mess and i'm in a situation where i'm not my best so if you're not your best by yourself how are you going to be your best with someone else and then you gotta i call it the death prayer i call it the death prayer all you gotta do is say god if this ain't your will end it 
God, first we got to say, God, you got to repent and say, God, I repent for pursuing my own will. And like this, if this pertains to you, I repent for pursuing your will, my will for my life. I repent of that, God. Change my mind on, on my will and your will. Father God, secondly, then you say, Father, I desire wholeheartedly to be in your will. Lord, remove their step, remove anything or anyone that's not your will in my life. And I guarantee in the next 24 to 48 hours, something will transpire. Either God will exit you or God will have a blinking exercise saying this is the way to exit. And it's your choice to exit. I had a lot of people that had 15 different signs, exercise saying this ain't the one. And God ain't going to always, 99, 98% of the time, well, actually God never, never is going to grab your hand and drag you out to exit. He'll show you the exit. He'll have have a red flag exposed. He'll have character flaw exposed and you have to flow in what you've been asking for. Hope that Jazz says, yo coach, that's right. Discipline is key, especially in eating. All disease starts from the gut. That's right. If you can't, you, you in order to trust your gut, you gotta, you gotta treasure your gut. You gotta respect your gut, man. I'm telling you most of all diseases just about starts there. The name is Nana B says, a God-fearing man proposed to my friend, but during the time of her praying about the proposal, she had a series of dreams about a different guy who is just her friend. What should she do? Good question. Let me read it again. A God-fearing man proposed to my friend, but during the time of her praying about the proposal, she had a series of dreams about a different guy who is just her friend. What should she do? A dream can be a dream. It could be that she's nervous about the guy that's, that's pursuing her right now. My real question is, do she even like the God-fearing man that's proposed to her? Do she even like him? Or is or is uh, the fear of being single causing her to mingle prematurely? And because if she if she's halt between two opinions, then she must not have a really lot of good of opinions about the person that proposed to her. And so what should she do is she should say, OK, I need to take a break. I need to take two weeks from everybody, <clears throat> a week from everybody. And I, I got to still myself. I got to quiet myself. I got I got to begin to audit and examine my own heart. First off, she got to examine, number one, if she even believes that God, if this guy that she's proposed to is the one. Because I promise you, when you see the one for you, you don't care about another one. Hey, listen, when something leaps in your womb and something leaps and, and you like, man, this, this is, this is, this is something special about this one. This is a God-fearing person, and it's a person. This is God's God-fearing person for me, because just because he's a God-fearing person, she might not be attracted to him. <clears throat> and it could be that she, she, she started entertaining this guy prematurely, and then the guy that she really wants is now coming in the picture. Or she might have spent a lot of time, or maybe it could be her subconscious detoxing herself. From the guy that she maybe she had a crush on this guy, this new guy, right? But that's a lot of things that she has to really talk to God about and begin the process. But my advice to her is to examine number one, is she even attracted to the guy that proposed to her? Number two, is she attracted to her friend? Number three, has her friend been uh, around her a lot that got her questioning or thinking? Has he been spitting game on a load of her? That's a good question to ask. A lot of questions she has to ask. Oh, my light went up. Give me one second, y'all. I don't know why my light went out. Um, maybe it overheated. Give me one second. Yeah, maybe it overheated. Anyway, I can still see me a little bit. So yeah, that's my best advice for there. Let me see how many questions I got left. I don't know why it's like. There you go. It's coming back on. There you go. How to help? 
Are y'all talking to each other? What's up, uh, what's up, Coach? Can salvation be lost? Great question. Here, here is what I'm gonna say. <clears throat> you never measure a thing from God from man to God, you measure from God to man. What I mean by that is this: Will an omniscient God pursue someone he knows won't accept him? Will an omniscient God pursue someone he knows will not follow through? Why would God waste time to pursue? someone into salvation if they can lose it if i know if i knew all the ways that i would possibly lose my keys every single day i will avoid those opportunities losing those keys so you can't lose what you never had so i believe when a person is truly converted it is truly saved they can't lose it but people who quote unquote raised their hand they was never saved from the beginning because they 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 just never say it was from the beginning. That's all I'm gonna say. That's great, great. That's the best way I could put it. So to answer your question, I don't believe you can lose your salvation. Not from God's vantage point. You can you can lose your your your. You can lose what convinced you into salvation. You can lose that. What convinced you about God? Or not salvation. What convinced you about God? What or what's convinced you? You can lose joy. You can lose hope. And what you thought salvation was or Christianity was, and it proved you never was saved because you because the way you looked at it, you assumed like the three different hearts. You had a hard heart or you had a stony heart or you had a thorny heart. And it proved that 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 the word may have hit you, but the word hasn't gotten you to the point to where it's plucked you enough um, to be into or to get into salvation. Great questions, y'all. Um. Real quickly, LV says, hello, coach. I have trouble speaking and responding professionally, especially in a corporate setting. What can I do to develop my level of thinking and articulating my thoughts to get things done? Great question. First, you have to um, you, you can't pour out of you what you haven't put in you. In order for you to be poured to pour out of you, you got to believe in you. Right. So when it comes to professionally speaking in public, that th you have to begin to eliminate or cause the fear to disappear by by appearing in certain environments of practice. What I would do is I will spend as often as you can practicing in your bathroom, practicing in front of a mirror. Uh, I will start reading more. Like if you want to really articulate your words and really begin to en enhance and increase your vocabulary, start reading more. Words are, are are weights to the mind. It builds the muscles of the mind, especially your vocabulary. It builds those areas in your life. And so that's what I would do. You know what I'm saying? If you want to speak more professionally and, and, and articulate your thoughts and get things done, but it, it, it starts with belief. You have to first believe you belong in a room. And when you feel like you belong in a room, then you got to make sure when you in another room, a room at home, that you're practicing, that you're building yourself up, that you're strengthening your vocabulary, that you're reading books. And over time, your mind will begin to pull words and pull thoughts quicker because you activated your mind. Your mind has been stirred that you putting your you, the, the more you read and the more you you uh, uh, all that kind of stuff, you begin to see words coming up. I don't know what's going on in my life, but I'm going to go ahead and go, y'all. I love you all. Hope y'all was blessed by this. Uh, let me see if there's any quick questions I can do real quick. Uh, Lingo says, how am I supposed to feel when I'm the last to get opportunities? The Bible says the first shall be last, the last shall be first. The last, last. Because the last get, has the opportunity to observe the first. And so you got to change the way you look at being last. 
Or number two, you got to ask yourself, what am I doing that's putting me in the back of lines all the time? So you got to look at the facts. Don't get so caught up in the feelings because feelings will have you confused. You got to look at the facts. Why am I last? Am I last because I'm not putting the work in? Am I last because I'm not disciplined? Am I last because I got bad attitude? Am I last because of whatever? Right. But if you're last and you've been doing well in these other areas, then God is setting you up for 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 an opportunity to be first. But if you're last and you've been lasting with long suffering, patience, joy, and you're just weary in the moment, be encouraged knowing that those who are last tend to last because they observe how the first didn't last. Hope they help. Great question, Paul. Paul says, how do we find our purpose? Real quickly, you can also Google. I do, I've done a lot of videos on purpose. You can type in Joshua Ezzy and purpose, ton of videos. But to answer your question right now, Paul, you find your purpose in your position in God. The, the greatest position that you can find yourself, the greatest title you can hold is a child of God. The more you are a, like a child to God, the more the reason why many of us don't last a while because we don't know how to be a child. And when you're a child of God, you have a God, a childlike faith towards God, knowing that he's your heavenly father, that he loves you. Then you will be settled in your position as a child of God, which means you will be at the feet of God. Versus being in the kitchen like Martha, you'd be like Mary at his feet and you'll say, God, hey, I just enjoy being around you. And then the Holy Spirit will begin to lead and guide you into to being aware and shifting your perspectives of how you can impact there with your passions, with your with your creativity and and and, and all that good stuff. The more you with God, the more you able um, to know yourself. And when you know yourself, you'll know the things that you need to itemize and to increase um, that will in, have you in a place of purpose. Now, how to find your purpose in life in your in life generally you got to find your purpose daily people focus on purpose capital p the purpose of their life but they don't look at the purpose of their daily life what is the purpose of being a man the more you are in fulfilling the purpose of a man the purpose as a son the purpose as a father the purpose as a as a husband the purpose as a god-fearing man the more you begin to go into god's word and find out what it means to be a man of purpose in those different areas you will find yourself a purpose person and then you will be a purposeful individual and then you'll begin to see clearly what it is that you're supposed to do. If I don't fulfill my purpose as a husband, if I don't fulfill my purpose as a dad, if I don't fulfill my purpose as a child of God, of a, a, a son, or whatever, whatever it is that I am, I have to do every day, then I, my day of purpose will never have happen. My season of purpose will never happen because I didn't manage the purpose of my everyday. So the purpose of your life is to be present in his presence. And when you're present in his presence and you are present to people in your presence, you will begin to see a, a passion flow out of you. You'll begin to see joy joy build inside of you and you'll be surprised you'll be tapped into your purpose overall because you and God and God has done a, a overall change in you and all of a sudden you're like man I want to cause some change in the world hope they help I don't know what's up with this light and a little portable light here I better get ready to go though there we go so I don't know why he's doing it. DeAndre, these last two questions, I'm done. <clears throat> DeAndre says, hey, what's up, coach? How do you resist emotional soul ties and how do you prevent them? Great question. How do you resist emotional soul ties? First, you got to understand the value of your soul. Your soul houses your thoughts, your memories, your emotions, your knowledge. It, it holds your ideas. It holds, uh, uh, um, I think I said it, your memories. It holds a lot of different things. And 
each area of those things must be guarded. Your thoughts have to be guarded. How you remember has to be different. How you develop ideas and pursue ideas have to be different. Um, what, what you endeavor to get to know must be different. Um, um, your, your passions have to be different. Your perspectives have to be different in order for you to be able to resist emotional connections. You have to understand you're a whole package. You're three in one. You have a spirit, soul, and a body. Right? And so if the spirit of God in you, if your spirit man is not tapping to the Holy Spirit with full enlightenment, right, and, and getting you to really understand and connect with God, because listen, it doesn't matter like this light. Like if if the if the uh um whatever connecting piece is 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 not uh, a fully electric or whatever, it doesn't have a full source of connectivity, no full source of, of light or electricity, then it's going to cause the light to flicker. The light will flicker if it's not connected deeper, right? And so sometimes the reason why the light is not shining through us is because we're not fully plugged into the source. If we're not fully plugged into the source, how would our spirit be enlightened? How would our soul be renewed? And how would our bodies be vibrant? Right. In order for our bodies to be vibrant and avoid situations being purposeful, avoid situations that may cause us to fall, that may cause us to put our guards down and to be emotionally open, to be emotionally destroyed by someone. Then, then, then if we don't take the time to think about our source, then we'll go hoarse trying to convince someone to be in our lives. We'll become emotionally darkened and all over the place because we haven't been in the place of servanthood where we're supposed to be serving. And so you resist it by understanding what God insists you to do. What does God want you to do? Because then when you understand your value, understand the value of purpose, understand the value of time, then and you and, and you're plugging your spirit man's plugged into the source and it's not hanging out the socket, but it's fully plugged in, then the spirit of God inside of you will be enlightened. Your spirit will be enlightened, you'll be tapped in to the true light, and then you'll be so enlightened about God, enlightened by yourself. And that's not something you do one time. You just like this phone right here. Like if I, I gotta charge this phone every day. I can't let this phone go and, and not allow, allow it to be charged. Like, like it may last a while from one charge. It may last a couple of days. It may last a few hours, but eventually it's going to start dying. I have to plug, I have to plug myself in and recharge every day to, to have charge over my day. Right. And if you don't have the, the spiritual electricity, that spiritual fervor, that that consistency in prayer and fasting, that consistency and reading God's word, let the word of God read you that consistency of walking in the in the in the spirit, then you, you you're, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be emotionally so tied to something. So you prevent them by having your spirit plugged in and 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 guarding every area of your soul. You gotta say, hey man, I gotta make sure I think differently, remember differently, do ideas differently, perceive differently, know differently, feel differently, accordingly, according to the word of God. And that's how you prevent them. The Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he will flee. In order for the devil to flee and opportunities of you to be emotionally soul tied to someone else, you got to submit. You can't resist until you submit. You got to submit to God. God, I submit to your will. I submit to the way you want me to think. I submit to the way you want me to feel. I submit to the way you want me to gather knowledge. I submit to the way you want me to remember. I submit to the way that you want me to think. I submit to that. Then it's easy to resist because you already submitted. But if you're not submitted and you haven't submitted yourself into, into, into the will of God, then you're gonna you're gonna you're not gonna be able to resist it though. You're not. Hope they help. One more and I got to go. 
Julian Julian says, how to how do you come out of stagnancy when you're growing in your home church? Great question. You have to ask God, what's the reason why you at that church? Sometimes you at that church to help the church, to help people in that church, more so for the church to help you. There are a lot of places that God sends you that the church was not meant to be your main meal. Let me tell you something about the church. The church was never meant to be your main dish or the only time you eat. Imagine you eating only one time a week. The only time you ate a meal was on Sundays. How would you be able to have energy in the other days? Like the best meals are cooked at home. See, if you always wait for the church and the pastor to provide you the meal, then you will never find yourself on top of a hill. You will never find yourself as a light or as a city on top of a hill. You will never find yourself as a person who's healed because stagnancy is the fruit of 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 insecurity. Stagnancy is the fruit of of making someone more or making something else more than it needs to be. Right. And that stuff, that stuff is dangerous. So my advice to you is, is to ask God, have you outgrown that church or are you supposed to help that church grow? And then also begin to shift your perspective into uh, eating at home, cooking your good meals at home. You know what I'm saying? With the word of God, with with uh, with prayer, with with different messages that stir your faith, that strengthen your faith. Because sometimes if you look for the church to be the main way for you to be fed, you're going to end up being spiritually, emotionally and mentally dead because that's your only source. You got to balance that diet. There's some church. That's some things you're going to get from the church that's going to feed you. But you got to learn how to cook your meals at home. Y'all keep getting these good questions, man. Purpose says how to stay pure while being single. Great question. The Bible says flee you for lust. First of all, you got to understand the purpose of your singleness. Singleness has a purpose. Like what you practice in your singleness, you will perform in your marriage. Everything that you're practicing in your singleness right now, if you do not change your perspective on that, you will practice that in your marriage. And so if you want your marriage pure, now you have a motivation to keep your singleness pure. And first, you got to make no make no uh, opportunity, give no opportunity to the devil. You got to be so you can't be idle. Because idle, I, uh, idle mind leads to idle hands. Idle hands leads to idle worship, right? And so now you got to begin to say, okay, okay, what am I doing for my singleness? Am I productive in my single? Do I have enough to make my singleness full and heavy to the point to where I'm not even uh, uh, moved by any type of enticements or temptations? So how to stay pure? Number one, you got to stay close to God. Number two, you got to take time. Um, to audit what it is that's keeping you from not being pure. You got to remove the toxicity and the tainting things out of your life. Next, you got you to gotta go after your purpose. You got to go after it, after it, after to the point to where you're too tired to be, to be impure. Because if you want your singleness to be pure, you got to be a cure. You got to focus on being a cure if you want your singleness to be pure. What I mean by that is you got to be so focused on God using you as a cure to someone's life that you end up having a pure life because you're so focused on the things of God that you know the difference between when I'm lit, when I'm on fire for God, I'm, I'm, I'm operating at a high level. I'm, I'm rising to new levels. But when I entertain sin, I find myself in a losing column of, of the game. Then you be like, I got to stay pure because it's affecting me as a cure to people. That's what I had to do. I said, I'm working on too many cures to be impure because if I'm impure, it's going to it's going to tank the cure. It's going to tank the way I speak. And it's going and I can't really cure people. The anointing is focused. The anointing is based upon association. The anointing is based upon obedience. It's a fervency on top of you. 
right? And, and when people eat from your life, they don't want to taste talent. They want to taste anointing. I told my students every day, everybody's born with talent, but not everybody's talent is anointed. Anointing is like sauce on chicken wings. Some people like dry wings, and that's cool. But there's something when there's an extra sauce on wings, right? There's something saucy about you when you are in the presence of God, when you focus on the things of God, when you're endeavoring to be in God's will. There's something, there's something special about it. Is there something inspiring about it that makes you want to stay close to him? Because when you're close to him, there's something that you want to do to even separate you, separate the partnership. Nothing can separate you from God. That's true. But it will separate you from your fervency and your impact in the things of God. Hope that. Well, I got to go, y'all. This camera's kind of getting on my nerves at this point. Oh, there we go. But I got to go. I've been going 47 minutes. Didn't intend to go this long. Got to get home. Love you all. Thank you so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. <clears throat> um. Good afternoon, students. Good afternoon. Hold on, give me one second. All right, back. back. Last question on the way. I love doing them, so I want to make sure I get all questions. After this question, I'm done. Uh, G-Sync says, how to deal with demons at work that are bullying you to do their work and duties outside of my job description. I don't know if you're calling your boss a demon. <laughs> if you call your boss a demon, it, it, but it's outside your job description, it depends. If they're causing you to sin outside of your job description, then of course you got to stand up for that. But if it's an opportunity for you to grow on the job, it's an opportunity for you to evolve in the job. If that's something you want to do at your job, then I would do a little bit more. You get paid a little bit more when you do a little bit more. You get paid a lot more when you do a lot more. You see what I'm saying? Um, but bullying, that's a strong word. Uh, to Oh, to do their work and do, okay, got you. Uh, what you do is, hey, man, listen, you stand up for yours. People bully people that they feel they, or try to bully people they feel can make them, that they can make them do what they want to do. So if you don't want to do it and they do their job, man, talk to your boss, talk to their manager. And then, and then the thing is, man, that's one thing about jobs. You got to create such a leverage on your job. To the point to where they won't play these type of games because they know they don't want to lose you. But what I will start doing if they're bullying you and you talk to your manager, your manager ain't listening, and they trying to they trying to put all this weight on you and they ain't trying to pay you, then start looking for somewhere else. But the best way to deal with demons is through joy. They demons hate joy. Demons hate people who have joy in God and ain't moved by nothing else. Gotta go, y'all. Love y'all. Kanisha says, When the next time you're going live, I'm gonna try to go live every day at three o'clock, three thirty. I'm going to try to get back on live right when I get off work, go back on, get on live. Hope y'all was blessed by it. Make sure y'all like, comment, share all that good stuff. Um, Mary Marie, you, 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 you playing too much, man. This goes with the question I said before. Hello. How do you get rid of the fear of not getting married because you are getting older? Most men don't like older women. You said most, not all. You said most, not all. See, not all men think like all men. So you got to trust that God has the other side of the most. You, like I said, I say all the time, I, I only had to be handsome to one woman. I don't have to be the most handsome guy of the year, the most handsome, et cetera, et cetera. I only, only need to be handsome to one person, right? And so with that, man, it's like getting money. With that being said, hey, you get rid of fear by being near. You get rid of fear by being near. You got to get near to God. And God's perfect love will cast away all that fear. And then you'll begin to find yourself reappearing 
and where God wants you to be having your grand appearance. And so that's my best advice for you. Love y'all. Let you guys know about some things I got going on. If you uh, uh, check in the description box below, I have my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. If you're looking for a book to help you process your feelings to get back to fulfilling your purpose in life, this book will be a great book for you. If you're looking for a book to help you understand what it means to be whole so that you can hold things for a long period of time, here's a great book here. If you're looking for a book to help you with the purpose of your singleness, you want to better understand your singleness and maximize it and put you in a better position, uh, this book right here, The Purpose of Singleness, will be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book to help you date others and, and date yourself, hold on, my wife's calling. Hold on. Yeah, my wife called. You know, you got to answer the phone. So I got books like Dating Prep, uh, Counterfeit a Counterpart. If you want to better discern the will of God for your life, great, great book there. If you want to uh, understand how to untie soul ties, uproot strongholds, the purpose singles, a great book, a book on spiritual warfare, book for kids, merch, all that good stuff's available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Got to go. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I catch y'all next time. Hopefully tomorrow. Love y'all. Peace.